our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio. AM 970 and 97.1 FM. Marvelous sunshine coming through our windows this morning. Yeah, boy, looks good. And yet, only 39 degrees outside. But they say it's going to climb up to 70. 71 tomorrow, 73 on Wednesday. It's definitely fall, folks. That's right, fall. Good morning. I'm Dave Palmer. Scott's here. Good morning. Good morning. Today is October 10th. And, of course, the year is 2022. And among the things we would mention about this date is today is World Mental Health Day. Pretty important. It's Native American Day. You know, I wonder what percentage of American citizens could be called Native American. I would say it's a pretty high percentage. Really? Yep. I have it in my heritage, in my ancestry. I wonder, um, just Google that for a minute. A lot, I think a lot of folks maybe that were born in in this area could pro- uh, possibly, probably, if they researched it, find some in theirs too. Yeah. You know, we just had the Plains Indian Mound Festival. Certainly. Over the weekend. And, uh, you know, a lot of uh, Native Americans... From my understanding, uh, I'm not sure that the uh, mound is a burial site. Yes, it was. There, so okay. Well, if it is, that would lend some probability to um, folks that were born in this area that they do have some heritage. Let's see what we can find. Okay. In the meantime... It's National Online Bank Day. You know, and that works. It works good. When it doesn't, it's really perplexing. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway. Especially with this being Columbus Day. I'm guessing some banks are closed today with it being a federal holiday. Yeah. um, There were some notices up saying that was a possibility. Um, it's National Walk to the Park, no, to a park day. Nothing wrong with that. It's National Kick Butt Day. And as Scott already mentioned, it's Columbus Day. 
Now, Columbus Day used to be a bigger deal, I, as I recall, than, yeah. it, than in recent years. Yeah, it was. I wasn't it always on October fourteenth, too. It seemed like it was, and now that it's part, like the that part I don't know. Second Monday in in October each year to That's coincide good. with a weekend. I think maybe Columbus Day was just big because I lived in Columbus. Oh, <laughs> you know. Yep. But. Um, just um, it seems to me like somehow or ever, somehow or ever, um, it's not as big as it was when I was a kid. Anyway, National Cake Decorating Day, National Metric Day, National Angel Food Cake Day. Yum, with a little strawberry sauce on it, yeah. or a lot. Of strawberry sauce for me. And uh, the final thing mentioned is National Handbag Day. <laughs> so um, a bunch of them today. Yeah. Columbus Day was originally observed every October 12th, but was changed to the second Monday in October, beginning in 1971. wonder why. I, I think with the... the uh, coinciding of the weekend just to make it uh, a long weekend so it you know wasn't a holiday during the week or a holiday on the weekend they the feds decided they wanted a day off during the week <laughs> apparently yeah so that way if it fell on the weekend they wouldn't get a day off <laughs> well it is what it is yes so of that lengthy group today, there was a lot. Which of them. one um, caught your trigger the most? Oh, angel food cake okay. with the strawberry sauce. Okay. How about you? Um. Well, I'm reading down through them again. Um. I guess National Handbag Day. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Why do we have such a I thing? don't know. It's, it's like National Paperclip Day. Yeah. Well, I use a lot of those. Uh, yeah, me too. But is it really that significant? Well, I suppose it could be. They're used for lots of things. If you invented them, it would be important. Yeah, All right. that's true too. Um, people use them for a variety of different things. I've actually used them to reset... Um, computer hardware and there you got that really little button in the back mm -hmm. that has a reset on it you can't get it with your finger can't get it with a screwdriver so you get it with a paper clip the like end, a, the you unfold one and have that little metal yeah the tip on punch. the end yep like a, a wi-fi device they have such tiny tiny reset buttons on them some of them well, um, let's see. What about history? In terms of historical events of this date of October 10th, 2022. On this date in 16... No, no, no. 
680. Al Hussein and his followers killed at Karbala by the army of Yazid, the Umayyad Caliph, as they were on their way to Kufa. Seventeen eighty, the great hurricane of seventeen eighty kills twenty to thirty thousand people in the Caribbean. It hit Barbados first, and this is still the Atlantic's great deadliest recorded hurricane. Nineteen fifty four on this date, Ho Chi Minh enters Hanoi after withdrawal of French troops. 1957, a fire at the Windscale Nuclear Plant, which is in England, Cumbria, Cumbria, England, I think, becomes the first major nuclear accident, 1957. 1957. Well, let's do some birthdays. Oh, boy. Here's one I don't know at all. I'll need your help. All right. I'm not even sure how to say this. Friedjof Nansen. So F-R-I-D-T-J-O-F is his first name. Nansen. N-A-N-S-E-N. That one's a little bit easier. Friedjof. Yeah. Born in 1861. Died in 1930. He was a Norwegian Nobel Peace Prize laureate. He gained prominence at various points in his life as an explorer, scientist, diplomat, and humanitarian. He led the team that made the first crossing of the Greenland interior in 1888, traversing the entire island on cross-country skis. Yes. Um... This picture doesn't do him justice. He looks pretty tough here or mean or something. Okay, Helen Hayes, born on this date in 1900. She died in 1993. Helen Hayes MacArthur was an American actress whose career spanned 80 years. She eventually received the nickname First Lady of American Theater, and was the second person and first woman to have won an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony Award. A whole bunch. Yeah, some of her... One of each. Yeah, some of her films include Aerosmith in 1981, 1932's A Farewell to Arms, 1974, Herbie Rides Again, and in 1985, Murder with Mirrors, and 1956... I think many of you may remember this one, Anastasia. Yeah. All right. Lots um, of them. Giuseppe Verdi. Born on this date in 1813, died in 1901. What was the last name? Verdi. B-E-R-D-I. Musician. Yes. Giuseppe Verdi was... 
an Italian composer best known for his operas. He was born near Busseto to a provincial family of moderate means receiving a musical education with the help of a local patron. The last birthday we have to mention is that of Paul Kruger. Mr. Kruger was born in 1825 on this date and died in 1904. K-R-U-G-E-R. Kruger. Uh, what year was the birth? 1825. Okay. Stephanus Johannes Paulus Kruger was a South African politician. He was one of the dominant political and military figures in the 19th century South Africa and the president of the South African Republic from 1883 to 1900. We have two famous deaths to, um, to mention. He had 18 children. Whoa. Whoa is right. Mr. Kruger did. Mr. Kruger. Hmm. All right. With the same woman? I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't give that detail here. Okay. <laughs> uh let's see if he had multi it does say if he has multiple spouses. He was married twice. Okay. Mercy. Okay. Um in terms of famous deaths that occurred on this date. We don't know when he was born, but he died on this date in sixteen fifty nine. Abel, A-B-E-L, Tasman, T-A-S-M-A-N. Um, Abel Tasman yeah. was a Dutch seafarer, explorer, and merchant best known for his voyages of 1642 and 1644 in the service of the Dutch East India Company. He was first known, uh, the first known European explorer to reach New Zealand and the islands of Fiji and Van Diemen's Land. Um, this next one, I'm probably going to be embarrassed. I don't know this name at all. Uh, Edith Piaf. So um, the last name is P-I-A-F. Born in 1915, died in 1963. Well... Was she an actress? She was a singer. A singer. A French singer, lyricist, and actress. Noted as France's national chanteuse, she was one of the country's most widely known international stars. Her music was often uh, autobiographical. (laughs) Autobiographical. Gee, Mitty. Good night. Let me try that again. Autobiographical. As an autobiography. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she specialized in chanson, realist, and torch ballads about love, loss, and sorrow. Bummer. Not really exciting or uh, happy songs. Not really. I wouldn't think so. Well, what's going on today? I don't think I'd feel very good after listening to her too long. Might be a little bit depressing. It is a nice photograph. Yeah. Um, Kirch. 
A key bridge connecting the Crimean Peninsula with mainland Russia was significantly damaged after a Saturday explosion. That explosion caused a partial collapse of two segments of that structure. Three people were reportedly killed in the blast, which analysts say was likely carried out by the Ukrainian intelligence service. Well, this is a long bridge. It's 12 miles long, spanning the Kerch uh, Strait. It is the longest in Europe and the largest ever built by Russia. The bridge opened in 2018, not all that long ago. And the structure symbolized Russia's occupation of Crimea, annexed from the Ukraine four years earlier, while serving as a key supply route to the region. Reports suggest the bridge remains partially operational, but creates a challenge for Russian logistics amid a swift Ukrainian counteroffensive in the country's south and in its east. Russia responded with a strike on the city of, oh boy, Zaporizhia. I might have done that all right. Not bad. Might have. That uh, strike killed at least 12 people. And uh, so, wouldn't it be nice if we could just all get along? Wouldn't it? How many times have we said that? Many. Well, the next story I have says Flight 447 trial begins. A long-awaited trial involving Air France and aerospace giant Airbus begins today with prosecutors arguing the companies are liable for their role in the fatal cash, crash rather, of Flight 447 back in 2009. Both firms face charges of manslaughter and negligence over the incident that killed the 228 passengers and crew that were aboard that ship back in, uh, as I said, 2009. Well, the plane went down after taking off from Rio de Janeiro en route to Paris, making a fatal dive into the Atlantic Ocean just a few hours after takeoff. The black boxes from the crash were recovered in 2011 from the ocean floor following an unprecedented search and recovery effort. Analysis subsequently found the crash arose from a cascade of technical problems combined with, yes, some human error, beginning with storm conditions that interfered with external sensors that forced the autopilot system to disconnect. No individuals are liable under the charges, 
The maximum penalty would be a fine of around 220000 for each firm. And that's in dollars. That's not a great deal, frankly. I'm a little surprised at the uh, the figure. Okay, our next article is entitled "Women, Life, Freedom." What are we talking about? Well, Iran's state-run television channel was interrupted Saturday during a news segment after activists hacked into the network, airing a message of support for ongoing demonstrations across the country. The clip included the message, Women, Life, Freedom along with an image of Supreme Leader um, Ali Khamenei overlaid with crosshairs and flames. The interruption on this television channel came as protests across the country, which were sparked by the death of a 22-year-old Masha Amini, while being detained for violating hijab requirements, entered its fourth week. Iranian officials claimed Friday Amini died from long-standing illness. Authorities initially claimed she suffered a heart attack and suffered a blow while falling to the floor. Well, reports suggest at least 185 people have been killed and more than 1,500 arrested in protests largely led by women and younger Iranians. Demonstrations are most intense in the country's northwest, a region that ethnically Kurdish, that, that is ethnically Kurdish, and includes Amini's hometown of Sakes. Well, let's see here. What else do we have? I guess it would be, we should have done this earlier. Sports. Oh. You know, folks. What are those? I... The homecoming weekend was wonderful. Yes, tell us about that. Um, you it, were a part of it. Just as, um, not as much as normal, but some. But I went to the game, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, a number of people were recognized, you know, when there were timeouts and things like that. All well-deserving. Um it was just a very nice afternoon. And, of course, the Bobcats won. How about that? That's always a good one. Um, I did not make it to the end of the Bengals game last night. I fell asleep. 
but it was sort of back and forth for a while. What was the final? Oh, man. What a drag. Oh, I get it. They got beat. Okay. Last second field goal. They lost by two points. Hmm. And final score is 19-17. Joey took them down the field, scored a touchdown, extra point kick to put them ahead. Then Baltimore went right back down the field with about less than two minutes and got them in position for a field goal from the best kicker in the NFL. I don't think he's missed yet this year. Is that uh, Tucker or something like that? Yeah, he made a 58-yarder earlier in the game. Did you know he's an opera singer? I did not. And a good one. That's amazing. I'll tell you what, if he's smooth with that, he is smooth at kicking, too. I mean, that 58-yarder was right down the middle, and so was the game winner. I mean, there was no question about it. But when I did the sponsor for Art Turf this morning, there's a little reference in there to the Bengals head coach because, once again, you know, we're not down there. I'm not down there on the field, but I've been in sports long enough to realize, and I've watched Joe Burrow play enough to realize what works for Joe, what works for the team he's playing, the players he has around him, and what doesn't. And the Bengals head coach continues to call the offensive plays. It's not done by an offensive coordinator up in the booth. It's done by the head coach. And once again, I told mom this. Mom and I were watching the game last night. It's hard to win a game in the NFL when you only score 17. But the Bengals can't seem to get above 20, 23, right in there somewhere. Okay. Here's an example. The Bengals got no points on a 15-play, 73-yard drive that took eight minutes and four seconds off the clock. And instead of going for the points and attempting a short field goal, which was basically automatic from Evan McPherson, Money McPherson, the Bengals kicker, he stayed on the sideline. The Bengals went for it. And it was a horrible play that was called. It was called a basically a pitch where Joey fades back and he just basically flips the ball forward to a end or the tight end coming into the middle of the line. It did. It, I mean that that play was done before it even started. It seemed like. So again. I'm not a head coach in the NFL, but I see what I see. Um, JW and I had a very brief discussion about that this morning via texting. And once again, it was very questionable play calling the entire game. So he was in agreement with you. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, I, 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 it's just frustrating to see a player like Joe Burrow not being used to his strengths, that the play calling basically ties his hands. Again, you've heard me say Athens High School figured it out. Look what they did. Ohio State couldn't figure it out. Joey transfers to LSU. 
LSU figures it out, and look what happens at LSU. But for me, the same thing can happen in Cincinnati. Imagine who just called in. Good. Speak your point. Hello, this is Joe Burrow. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm calling to say J.W. should be my coach. (laughs) Sirs. I mean, Scott's already expressed it. I just, I don't know. Even the guy, Dave Lappin, he's like, two yards. Here's my rule. If you can't make one or two yards when you need to, you really don't deserve to win the game. Yep. That's, but that, I don't, I don't. You passed the ball four times on the two-yard line. Some crazy trick play. You're trying to be all cute. What are we doing? Yeah, on that fourth down, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, trying to pass the ball to Joe? Yeah. I mean, run, you got, I, I don't know, it's, it's just run the ball. I, I just, I. <laughs> Frustrating. Or just, I mean, they're not giving Chase more than three or four yards anyway, so all you need is two. Just let him pass the ball to Chase. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, and how would you like to be Joe Burrow? You do all you can every game, but you can't play defense. I mean, you, you get the lead, and they go right down in the field. They can't stop. I, I don't. I just. Uh, but let me say this about Joe Burrow. So I'm glad you're making a point, Scott. In 1985, the Bears, my Bears, the, one of the greatest top three defenses and teams of all time. Yeah. Led yeah, by Jim the McMahon fringe. is a quarterback. Yes. I don't know if you ever saw this 30-30 uh, thing, Scott, but I, okay. he said on – I don't know if you remember, because you're not a big Bears fan, but on Monday night they were playing Minnesota. They were getting slapped around. They were losing like, I don't know, 15-9 to nine or something. And Ditka would sit in these ridiculous calls. And, and Jimmy – and this, this is what McMahon said. He said Ditka sent in, you know, Run the ball. He's like, he said, he getting held. He said, we're not running the ball. He threw three bombs to Willie Galt and Dennis McKinnon, and they went from four or five points behind to like 20 points ahead. You know, what's, what's Dick going to do? I mean, he's like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> so I don't know what Joe's – I mean, what are they going to do? Sit him down, Scott? If I was Joe, I'd be like, hey, no. I'm not going to do it. You know nobody tells Brady what to do. Yep. Or Rodgers. So I, if they don't let Joe be Joe, if I was Joe, I'd got to tell. I tell that's you, just me. You know, that's that's what I just said. They're they're tying his hands of his strengths. And you got of, you got a quarterback like that? Yeah. Are you crazy? And one of you his just str- let Joe be Joe. Yeah. One of his strengths is reading defenses. He's done it his whole career. Well, his his one of his strengths is being one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Yeah, he's smart. The potential to be there. Now, if he makes a bad call, it's on him. He'll accept it. Right. But give him the option. I don't know if he has the option to decline a play. That's I would what I'm love. Wondering. I know he wouldn't answer it. You know, if yeah. somebody asked, I know he couldn't answer it publicly. Yeah. But if I ever get him alone, I'm gonna like Joe. You gotta tell me. Do you have the option to decline a dumb play when it comes in? If he doesn't, that would be in my next contract. So, that would not be a bad clause. In a I'm contract. just saying, I wouldn't give it to everybody, but I'd give it to him. 
Well, you know, that was just a game. It was such a sad game because they, it, they, they had to, it, it just, I, I don't understand. I just don't. Now, I don't know what I want to make. Scott was probably didn't get there. But I'm going to tell you that Joe is different when uh, that other wide receiver's not out there. What's his name? Um, Higgins, Boyd. When he's not Higgins. When Higgins is not there, Joe, I think Joe really trusts Higgins. Oh, yeah. I agree. And he really misses him. Yeah. I've noticed that now. Over and over. When yeah. Higgins is not there, he just doesn't have a kind of trust in those other guys. And Higgins can, you know, Higgins makes Chase better. And so that bears watching. I mean, if that guy doesn't stay healthy all year, uh, that's going to cut down on their scoring production. Yeah. So anyway, but uh, Scott had already gotten it out. I just had to, I had to <laughs> jump in. Dave. Yeah. I had to. Good. I'm glad you did. Well, I you stayed know. up late last night to be pissed off all night so, <laughs> so did i <laughs> not good yeah so, not but uh, old for that stuff yeah me too you know but i thought joey's gonna pull this out i thought the the offensive line played decent <laughs> last night they gave him a little time to throw well here we go again it wasn't as good he as the week before out. yeah he did they won the game again yeah with joe but the defense couldn't stop the guy for yeah. Oh, my God. Jackson, Just couldn't stop him. Jackson couldn't pass. I mean, but but he ran wild. I mean, he, what was he getting, 20 yards a carry? And it seemed like, I mean, you couldn't stop him. Yeah. Joe couldn't go out there and stop him. Yeah, I mean. That's right. When he left, it was 17-16, to 16 and he had the game. But, yeah. But he scored, you know, he scored too soon. Gave him too much time. Yeah. What are you going to do? You got to get the points. Oh, yeah. I get that. But, man. I think you got to get those points to make it 13-all. As well. No, Al, absolutely. You know, take the points. Yeah. Well, I, I agree. Absolutely. Take the points or don't pass the ball four times on two-yard line. Yeah. What, then, what are we doing? Then you're deflated when you you go that far down the field. Yeah, absolutely. You get nothing. You got Boyd back there trying to do a, a pass to the quarterback. Come on. <laughs> this is Sunday night. That's high school stuff, man. Yeah. Just, you got Mixon back there who's running the ball well. Just run the ball. Yeah, he was running better last night. Once, Absolutely once was. He, you know, once he gets a few yards, Mixon, he gets his head back in the game. I think because you can see it by his bodily, his, his nonverbal language, his body language. Yeah, and he's, just, he's back in the game. But, did they ask the guy about – did they ask him about that play? Because I didn't stick around for the question. Did I they ask either. the coach about that dumb play? Did you I, hear it? No, I didn't either. I, I didn't either. I didn't know if I could stomach the answer. I know somebody <laughs> asked him, and he probably, well, we thought – yeah. and Joe's not going to throw him under the bus. Oh, but. no. Joey Good. won't do that. Good God. No, Joey Franchise is a, t- is a team player. Yeah, right. right. Well, he is there. He, he's the only reason I watch that team. Yeah, plain yeah. and simple, J.W., the Bengals got outcoached again. I agree. Absolutely, all yeah, the way. They could be five and zero now, but they're not. Uh, Every other team lost again. Well, and it's not just out coach, but when the defense needed to stand up and make Joe's efforts, they couldn't do it. That too. That that's the bottom line. They yep. couldn't do it. They could not stop that guy from going down, getting the field goal. Couldn't yep. stop it. Yep. I have to. Um... I've said this before to you, and <clears throat> so don't say it again. You're good. I'm good. I got I got out what I wanted to get out. But what I mean is, 
you have so much more vision of the game than I, I get it from Scott than I do. I just follow his lead, and, <laughs> and yet you don't have vision. He's the man. Scott's the man. I now, love you, brother. How? And my Bears gave away a dumb game. Oh my yep, God! Don't they did. Is there a broadcast crew that you prefer because they give you the details that better than others? You know, it's, it's funny you should mention that because I yesterday. Uh, I know Joe Buck and uh, Trey Aikman went over to ESPN. They're doing Monday night. But I discovered yesterday that I really like this new team of, um, oh, the the uh, tight end. Uh, oh, I can't think of his name. Mm. He used to play for the Bears, too. But they're with Aaron Andrews now. They're the top CBS. I really like them. That, that The tight end is really good. He's he's not Troy Aikman, who's really you know starting to get on my nerve. But... <laughs> But I like this new tight end guy, Greg Olson. I like him. And I like, I forget the commentator with him, but they're good. So I think they're my new favorite there, Dave. Good. Yeah, they're good. Cool. All right, I'll let you guys finish up. But, um, hey, what's the next game, Scott? Who do they play next? Uh, They go to New Orleans Sunday. Sunday? Yep. Good. (laughs) That's (laughs) all I do. (laughs) Say, too. That. That Taysom Hill, he looks. Boy. Yeah. All right. Okay. He doesn't get hurt down there. Thank yeah, you. I hope not too. Thanks, there'll guys. Be, there'll you be too. a lot of LSU fans there rooting for. Joe. Oh yeah, they will be. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, that's Take the care. only good Bye-bye. thing about it. <laughs> All right. Bye. Um, Let's see. Continue on the Bobcats. One, as you say, they go to Kalamazoo this coming Saturday to take on a not very good Western Michigan team. I think the Bobcats got a shot at winning up there. Uh, this Saturday, the Ohio State Buckeyes, another big win over Michigan State at East Lansing, Michigan. So impressive that the Buckeyes have jumped up to number two nationally behind Georgia. Alabama struggled again uh, against a non-ranked opponent, Texas A&M. They dropped to number three. Clemson jumped Michigan into the number four spot. So you got Georgia, Ohio State. Alabama, Clemson, and then at number five, Michigan. All right. So way to go, Buckeyes. Buckeyes are off this week. They have a bye week. Each school has a bye week this season, as they have done for a few seasons now. Well, let's move on. The Federal Reserve has been trying to cool off the job market as part of its fight against inflation. And it would appear that it's finally starting to get some results. Keeping track of the U.S. economy can sometimes feel a bit like watching an action movie through a magnifying glass. Lots of movement and flashing lights, but it's hard to figure out exactly what's going on. More often than not, the relevant data is jumble, is a jumble of conflicting signals. For example, let's take the jobs report released last Friday. The unemployment rate fell, but the labor force shrank. Job gains slowed, but wage growth remained high. The report mostly met uh, analysts' expectations, 
And yet, the stock market tumbled. Well, in times like these, it can uh, help to put down the magnifying glass to look at the bigger picture. The bottom line, the job market is cooling, but it remains strong. And while a recession remains a real possibility, there's little sign of it yet in the data. Well, before we dive into the latest data, it's worth reflecting on just how far the job market has already come in the past two years. The United States economy lost an astonishing 22 million jobs in the first two months of the pandemic. It has gained them all back, plus a half a million more. After the previous recession, it took more than five years to achieve that feat. The pandemic left a lasting mark on the U.S. economy. More people are working in warehouses today than in February of 2020, and fewer in restaurants. Child care remains in short supply, forcing some parents, a disproportionate share of them women, to work part-time or not at all. Long COVID is also cle uh, clearly keeping some people out of work although researchers have come up with a different estimates of just how many. But for the most part, the labor market appears to have avoided the deep scarring that was the legacy of the last recession. Long-term unemployment is as low as it's been in 20 years. The overall employment unemployment rate hasn't been lower than this since the 1960s. Defying claims that no one wants to work anymore, 80.2% of Americans in their prime working years had jobs in September. That's above the rate in the year before the pandemic. Well, getting there has been bumpy. As vaccines became widely available and businesses reopened last year, employers suddenly had more jobs to fill than applicants available to fill them. While that was good news for workers who were able to jump between jobs and negotiate for higher pay, but it was almost certainly helped the uh, feed into inflation as businesses raised prices to cover higher labor costs. Well, the labor market was always bound to cool off eventually. No one, almost no one, thought that the furious hiring pace was sustainable long term. So now the cool-down is clearly underway. Hiring is slowing, job openings are falling, fewer people are jumping ship to other employers, yada, yada, yada. But the point is, I guess, that things are improving, and that's what we need to focus on. 
Um, there's certainly other stories we could share with you, but we've sort of run out of time for today. Um, <coughs> I did bring in a study, and it's entitled 2022's Safest Cities in America. So there are, let's see here, 180, 182 cities listed. And um, while we don't have time to do it today, maybe we'll get the chance tomorrow. In fact, let me reach over here. Uh, yes, we do not have a scheduled guest tomorrow, so we'll work on this a little bit tomorrow. In the meantime, enjoy this beautiful sunshine. As I said, it's climbing up to 70 degrees. Still, we're at 44 right now. And it's um, going to be sunny today, sunny tomorrow, mostly cloudy on Wednesday with a bit of rain on Thursday. Be careful out there. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H.